Pastor Curtis here. This morning we're excited to be here. I, I believe we're going to finish chapter 2 in Galatians today because we've just got one verse to cover. Now, hold on. That, that don't mean that other scriptures aren't going to come in from every direction. It just means we've got one last Bible verse in Galatians 2 to, to finish this teaching. I never like to move from one chapter to another chapter in the middle of one broadcast, one teaching session. Because later on, at some point when we write the guides, I want them to be by chapter, and I want them to go along with the CD uh, teachings that we have, so I don't like separating the chapters. And so before we get into this this morning, I want to remind everybody we've got a 62-page booklet, All God's Works Are Done in Truth, uh, derived from Psalms 33-4 that will bless you, bring much clarity to the Scriptures for you, remove a whole lot of confusion, just $15, you can get your copy, we'll mail it out to you. There's the physical address, 610 Highway 59, Queen City, Texas, 75572, rather. And our online website is the where you can, if you're not scared, you can hit the donate button. People do it every week, all the time. People are sending uh, gift, uh, love offerings, gifts and, uh, to the Lord to this ministry from all over the place. And I'm excited about that. One last thing. The Righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, a 12 uh, CD preaching series that uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You need it. You need it. Just $25 unless you buy uh, three. You get them all three for 60 And you'll learn about the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, how you received it, how you bear the fruit. Not what we think, but what God's Word says. We are a Word people. We, we just believe that we can't live without faith, and faith has to come from hearing God's Word, and God's Word has to be tied to Jesus, uh, the living Word of God, and what He did at Calvary. The only way that we can accurately believe the Word of God, the Word of God, the law of liberty, be experienced by us is through our faith in what Christ did to liberate us. So you can never separate the two. James called the Word of God the law of liberty. And the only liberty there is for the saint is through the blood of Jesus. So you can never separate the two. And never forget that. Right. And uh, there's a whole lot of things we've separated in, 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 in the Word of God and the body of Christ that you can't, just cannot separate. And I would encourage you to tune in to hear these, these messages every week to look at my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, where you'll find all our services uploaded, my Romans teaching that I think I've already done seven or eight <coughs> sessions on that, that I'll say it again. You as a child of God need to hear the Word of God being taught and preached as it is in truth, the only avenue through which the Holy Spirit of truth can apply the truth to your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, this morning we'll dig right in and uh, we'll ask the Lord before we dig in to give us what we need today. We need to have daily bread. That means more than uh, hamburger, meat, and bologna. That means we need to have a daily revelation of the bread that came from heaven. His name is Jesus. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning, to be in your word, to be hearing you teach us what we need to know, what we need to hear, or things that need to be applied to our lives, things that need to be removed. Lord, we just ask for a greater revelation of Jesus Christ today. We ask that you would help us to understand your word that you've already told us, Lord. If we have, Lord, the, the knowledge of your word that we need, if we have the understanding we need that your words are going to be made plain to us. And I pray that we'd see the plainness of your word today. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And one more thing before we dig in. There's a whole lot of people right here in our region, Texarkana, Atlanta, Queen City, Linden, our area right here. And uh, you uh, are trapped inside churches. Some of you even know the message of the cross. Some of you even listen to SBN. Some of you even listen to us. But your church, you're just meeting. You're, you're not really doing anything. There's no ministry outreach. There's nothing going on. God's been telling you for a long time to move on. But because of traditional things and family ties, you have been refusing His leading. 
I want you to know today can be the day that you step out and know this. When you step out, there are going to be others that follow you. You need to step out so they can follow you. As long as you're staying there and you know what's right, but you're not joining those with light, precious faith and being used of God through the doors He's opening to carry this gospel, not only are you bound and limiting God in your life, but those that are following you, looking at you, watching you, you are limiting them as well because they're following you. So today I pray in the name of Jesus that it would be the day that you let go of traditions and let go of denominations and let go of family ties and just follow Jesus. Move through the doors He's laid there and made uh, for you. You claim you know the message of the cross? Well, look, here we are on Friday mornings teaching the book of Galatians. You could be here with your Bible right here. You could be here. You can be here. Doesn't matter. This is not a crossway church thing. This is an aerial-wide Bible study that we are teaching and hearing and learning God's Word as it is in truth. And you know what? As long as you're stuck in that place, you're not going to ever be able to take advantage of what God's called you to do, which is taking this gospel to the world. That's your mission. That's not my mission. That's your mission. That's our mission. So I encourage you with those words today. Step out because when you do, others are going to follow you. Yes, it will be painful. Yes, it will be uncomfortable. But don't you know when, when Israel left Egypt, it wasn't comfortable, but they had to pack up. They had to load up. They had to walk out. It wasn't comfortable when they crossed the Red Sea. But they just kept moving. I encourage you today, just keep moving. You got yourself in a place where you're not moving anymore. And God's revealing that to you. But you got to rise up and you got to start moving again. It'll be uncomfortable. But I promise you, when you get to moving again, you're going to look back and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I know that's for some of you specifically. And there it is. You got it straight from the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Galatians chapter 2. Uh, we are going to end this chapter today, I believe, in verse 21. But before we do, we like to, like an old goat, like to scratch our feet and back up a couple steps before we charge right in the, and, and butt the devil right out of the way so we can get what God's got for us today. And uh, But verse 19, and, and we have to always remember, we can never forget the setting and the context of this. So many times we just leave the story and the thought that this is, this is a rebuke from the Holy Spirit, from God, through Paul to Peter and Barnabas, and especially it's to Peter, but others are hearing it. Because Peter, here we are again, Peter stood up and led people away from grace and back under law. And, and that is what many are doing today. They are holding others wherever you are, being held, whether it's in the loving grace of God, His or it's in, bound under the law, there are others held because of you being held. And it's time to get up and move on, folks. I can't hardly get away from that today. But what ha what's happening here is Paul is telling them in verse 19 something what he's doing with the law other than what they're doing with the law. So watch this in verse 19. For I, and that is the emphasis here, the difference between I and what I'm doing with the law and what you're doing with the law. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. You apparently think that you're living unto God by the law, which is an impossibility under the law. There's all, there is absolutely no faith. The law is not a faith, and anything not a faith is sin. So under law, there's just sin, condemnation, nothing but the flesh ruling, and death, really a separation from God. But faith in Christ has reconciled us unto God. We live unto God, but we had to put away the law. We had to accept Christ and no law, no doing on our behalf. So he's telling them the difference here. I, through the law, have dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, but watch, Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's a whole lot of eyes in there. And the reason they're there is because the I, the one man who was I in the story, stood alone. Mm -hmm. 
And listen, for those of you who heard Brother Go and, and, and offered the opportunity and really encouraged my Lord to come out from some of these dried up places you are, it's going to, you're going to feel like you're alone. But you're not alone. Paul is not alone. He stood there with God using Him, speaking through Him. And, and the reason, again, Paul is using so many eyes here is because he wasn't them. It was Him. It's me. It's not about them. They've gone back under law. It's not about what your mom and your daddy did. It's about what you're doing today. You've got to let that traditional mess go. Well, if I left this church, my granddaddy would roll over in his grave. Let him do rollovers. Let him do flips. It don't matter. You need to serve God in the revelation God has given you that your granddaddy did not have. Quit making excuses for granddaddy. He didn't have it, but you do. That's right. Amen. So, you know what? If your granddaddy would have got this what's being offered to you that you claim you have, your granddaddy would have got up and got out. So, get up and get out. Amen. So Paul here, he says, I, I, I. Because I ain't with you, you, you. I'm living now through Christ that gave His life for me because He loved me. The law, man, it's gone. Watch this. The last verse here today in chapter 2 says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Because if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. That's right. You see, the real question here, the real thing that's on trial here is the avenue that righteousness came. Mm -hmm. They're claiming righteousness come by the law. Paul said, man, if righteousness comes through the law, if righteousness comes through what I'm doing, then Christ died in vain. So watch this now. You've got to get this. Not only or or. Are we made righteous, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through our faith in what Christ did at Calvary initially and we're justified by faith in the blood of Jesus, but hear me, is the path you're walking on justified? Is your life now being justified? Because it's called sanctification. God can't justify a Christian we're already justified. Don't take this the wrong way. We're saved, born again. We have the Holy Spirit of God. We are in Christ, seated at the right hand of the Father. We have abundant and everlasting life. But God can't justify the way of the Christian outside of faith in what Christ did. So we're justified, but is the path we're on the justified path? Because Peter jumps up and moves away from the path that had justified him. That's why if you back up in verse uh, 16, this rebuke comes from God through Paul to Peter and the group listening, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Why does Paul go back to talking about justification if Peter is already justified? Because what God is saying through Paul that's not justified is the path now that you've chosen. Mm-hmm. It's not just about getting in, my friend. It's about staying on the path that got you in. Mm-hmm. Righteousness. The only avenue for righteousness to the lost world the sinner to be made the righteousness of God in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And it's the robes of righteousness to wear is the blood of Jesus. But the also the only avenue by which the fruits of righteousness happen, take place, or are manifest and experienced and bear in our lives is through the same faith. And if we stop, if we move our faith from the death of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus, to any of these events, these these things that the church has written books on to bring in, if you'll just do these three things, then God will. Then we've moved our faith from the cross, even if our lips say we haven't. Remember, you can say you believe in the cross, but God sees what your heart is declaring. Jesus said that. You draw near me with your lips. You're saying all the right things, but I see your heart, and your heart is far from me. And it's not about what your lips say. It's about what your heart says because the Bible says it's the heart that believes unto righteousness, not the lips. Oh, the lips confess it only if the heart believes it. And if the lips are confessing it outside of a heart that's believing it, the lips mean nothing to God. Words mean nothing to God. God looks at the heart. He only looks at the heart. He only hears and moves upon what the heart is saying, not the lips. Jesus proved that. 
Amen. If you're not believing with your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, that's why there's been no change. That's why millions go to the altar with tears and they confess words, but if it's not the heart that's believing in Christ, they're not believing under righteousness. You can't speak yourself under righteousness. You can believe with the heart under righteousness. So what's happened here, let's think about this. Peter, he's, he's righteous before God. He is justified as anybody. If you're saved, you're justified. But he got off the path of the just. Hmm. Because when he got up and ran back over there to be with the legalizers, the Judaizers, the liars, the, the law keepers that couldn't keep the law, <laughs> that were trying to say we're justified by the law, we're righteous by the law. Listen, when he joined them, left the Gentiles, left Paul, then he left the path of the just. And only on the path of the just, can the path of the just become brighter and brighter to you? Proverbs 4, 18. The path of the just shines more until that perfect day. But not if we go into the, the, the things that man and preachers are telling us today, if we'll just do these three things, because the law is anything you're being told or you're thinking you need to do, Not number one, to be saved initially, or even to be saved and delivered, sanctified after you're a Christian. This story proves that. When Peter jumps up, already filled with the Spirit, all born again, justified by the blood of Jesus, when he jumps up and runs to be with the, the, the Judaizers, the, the law folks, those bound under law, he moved away from the plan of God for his life. He moved away from grace. He, he moved away from the path of the just into darkness because the light is only found on the path of the just. And that's why Paul begins to say, don't you know that a man's justified not by the law? And people read this and they say, well, I don't know why he's talking about being justified. Peter was already justified. He, ought to be, he should have been talking about sanctification. Listen, in a, in a sense, he was, in the, because after you're justified, you are now in a process of being sanctified. But if you leave the path of the justified, you can't be sanctified. And the path of the just is the path of the blood. We're justified by the blood, Romans 5, 9. We're not justified by what we do like they thought and they were teaching to the point and such a powerful presence they carried that Peter was moved by fear and joined them at least for a moment. You got to watch your your family members. You got to watch those that's been in your life in the past that you went to church with for thirty years before the Holy Spirit gave you the revelation of the cross. They still, to some degree, can hold power in your life. You got to be careful about that. When they show up, you got to be willing to be like Paul and stand in this truth that you've been liberated through that has changed your life. Amen. So, the question here is. Really, what's on trial is the avenue by which righteousness comes. That's why Paul had to go back and remind them, righteousness did not come by the law. If it did, Christ is dead. He died in vain. Think about that. That's pretty powerful. That Paul would stand up and, and declare this message. And uh, I do not frustrate emphasizes what Paul is doing with the law versus what Peter's doing with it. Now, we're going to see something today, and I've said this for several years once I learned this, and, and, and I saw this, and I've shared it with our folks, but everybody needs to know this. The word frustrate, when he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, that does not mean, it kind of does in a sense, but we use the word frustrate uh, in a different way. But I'm frustrated with you. We get in a little spat, and we're frustrated with each other. Uh, to some tiny degree that this could be brought in, but the word frustrate from the Greek, its truest form, watch this. It means to deny, to reject, to set aside, to despise. Think about that. You'd never admit it, we'd never admit it, and we don't even know it. Do you think for a minute that when Peter jumped up 
and ran to be with the legalizers, the Judaizers, those teaching law instead of grace by Christ alone, through faith in Christ alone. Do you think for a moment that Peter knew that he was despising the grace of God? No, he didn't. He thought he was doing the right thing. But guess what? He was despising. He had set aside. And that's what we've done for years as a deceitfully deceived church. Not being ugly this morning, just telling you the reality of where the church is. We've been deceived. We've been deceitfully deceived by the devil too long and by false ministers too long and by our own hearts too long. And it's time to begin to see the reality of what's going on again. This is a story of a man standing in the reality of God, Paul, and rebuking those that had been moved away from grace, sucked back under the law, where there's only a place now of despising grace. You know, Jesus taught, and and, uh, I've got it written here, Luke 16, 13. We won't turn there, but you can make a note of it, that Jesus taught that you're either serving mammon or you're serving God. And when you look the word mammon up, it means confidence in your wealth. Wealth and the confidence it brings. And, and so uh, we're, either, we're either trusting in our wealth and we're confident or we're confident in something we're doing. See, the law is all about what you had to do. And see, they were confident in the law, but Paul was confident in grace, the message of the cross. Peter lost his confidence in grace due to a fear that gripped his heart, and he ran to be with the people who were despising grace. Because if you're, listen, if you're under law, you despise grace until you see that it's what will get you out. And if you're under grace, you despise law. Amen. I've got it written here in my notes. Grace equals Christ's work on the cross. For without that, there is no grace. Your faith initially in that was God saving you. That's called grace. God's grace is God at work. God doing something you can't do, you need to have done, it's good for you, but you can't do yourself, that's grace. Grace ain't just a poof, well, I'm just covered by grace, hallelujah. No, you ain't covered by grace. You're not covered by grace. You're either, you're either walking in grace, which is your faith in the cross that He saved you, you keep your faith in the cross, He continues to flow through your life doing that, performing that will of His for you that needs to be done, changing you. But if you move your faith from the cross, grace is not covering you. You've gone like Peter, you've jumped away from grace and begin to despise it even if you don't do it with your lips. You can be saying grace, 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 and and despising it with your heart. We've already brought that out today. The Lord's not looking at what you tell Him with your lips. He's looking at what your heart is believing in. Amen. So, the question here is obviously the avenue in which righteousness comes, and we see that grace equals Christ's work on the cross. And that's the avenue not only by which it came to us, but by which today it flows in and through us. If it was not, the Lord would have never used Paul to rebuke Peter. Well, he's saved by grace. He's already got the grace of God. Why would Paul stand up and rebuke him? Because Paul could see, unless he comes back to faith in Christ alone and and despises that, what they're trying to teach him, and finds faith that will remove him, deliver him from the fear of these people and what they teach, that he has removed himself from grace. He has removed himself from what God will do in his life. Amen. Paul could see that. Paul could see that. I hope you have eyes to see what Paul saw. You can only have eyes to see what Paul saw if your faith is in the cross. If it's in any other thing, your lips can say cross, but your heart is trusted in something else. That's powerful. Grace equals Christ's work on the cross, while law is something you do. Those that teach water baptism saves, teach law. The law of you doing something. Those preachers that teach, well, if you'd read your Bible more and have a a greater prayer time, God would deliver you from that sinful issue. That's law. You need a greater prayer time. 
You need a study of the Word, prayer, fasting, church attendance, tithings, offering. All those are found in the Bible for us to do to serve God. But if it's just us doing those things without our faith in the cross, then it's not the Lord moving in us through us to serve Him. We can do nothing without Christ. That means it doesn't matter all that we are doing. It's just us if it's not the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that today. We need to know that. We need to be growing in our understanding of that. We need to be conscious of that every day. Is this just me? Or is this the Lord in me and through me? So grace equals Christ's work on the cross and law equals man's work. What you got to do. And let me say this. I've been saying it and I can't, I can't stop saying it. I don't need to stop saying it. Unless you see the Word of God through the cross, then you'll misinterpret it and it won't be the Holy Spirit teaching you what's being taught. As we said earlier on in this lesson today, this is the law of liberty. God's Word will liberate you from sin, from everything that's ever tried to grab a hold of you and keep you bound. And the reason God's Word can do that, the reason God's Word liberates us, saved us, we're born again by the un incorruptible Word of God, is because it points to what Christ did at Calvary. So you must see every, everything in the Word of God through the blood. Then through our faith in the cross, God's Word can be the light to our feet, our path. And can liberate us from everything. But only if our faith is in the cross. You cannot separate the two. We, the church doesn't know that. We know that. Most of you watching this are only tuned in because you appreciate this kind of teaching. But I'm telling you, you know your families don't know that. Your Christian co-workers don't know this. They've got everything separated. Everything is separated. Well, God's over here and Jesus is over there. The Holy Spirit's over here. And, you know, I, you know, I got this relationship with the Father and the Son. It's just so sweet and gracious. But all their life, every day, they're just grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, what they think they've got with the Father and the Son, they don't have. Because they're grieving the Holy Spirit, they're grieving the Father, they're grieving Jesus, because they're all three one. Hallelujah. We need to know that. You, I don't want to get into all that, but... Grace denies law for righteousness. Grace is a is a grace despises law because grace wants to make you righteous, save you, make you righteous, and and grace God knows that that law can't do that. So grace denies law for righteousness, and law denies grace for righteousness. Think about that. They're both denying each other. Grace is saying law can't make you righteous. The law folks are saying it's not grace alone that makes you righteous. You gotta do something. You gotta, you gotta be water baptized. You gotta speak in tongues. You gotta go to church. You gotta do something. You gotta do something. I don't have to do anything but believe. In Christ. Now that sets me in a motion of being led by the Spirit and doing many things by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about couch sitting, I ain't got to do nothing. Oh no. And I've seen that. I've seen people who were bound in oneness for years. Man, they could, the preacher wouldn't even let them breathe but every other day. They couldn't wear a ring. They couldn't wear makeup. They couldn't go out of town unless they told the preacher. They were bound. And then they got a hold of the revelation of the cross on the narrow path. They come up, man, and they were living on the narrow path for a while. And then they got this thought in their mind, man, I'm so free, I ain't got to do nothing. And then they just went down in the other side of the ditch. That's a, that's a wrong attitude. You are so freed by the blood of Jesus from sin that your life now is full of the works of Christ. I ain't got to do nothing. What are you talking about? You ain't got to do nothing. That's what we Texas folks say. <laughs> I know y'all need an interpreter. That's all right. We don't have to do anything to be saved but believe. We don't have to do anything to be sanctified but believe. But here's what believing means from Romans 6. We yield our lives to the truth that saves, to the truth that produces holiness, righteousness. 
Amen. The only way that you can serve God is without fear in righteousness and holiness. Luke 1, 74 and 75. We, if our faith is in the cross, we're under grace, can serve God all our days without skipping a day like Peter did. Although we've done it too. Might do it again. But the Bible says we, because the enemy's been defeated and, and now we're saved, the Bible says there in Luke chapter 1, verses 74 and 75, that we can serve God all the days of our lives without fear in righteousness and holiness. Remember, you can't see him without seeking after his holiness, which is through faith in the cross, not the bun on your head or the dress or the no makeup. That's you again. And God don't care if you wear makeup or not, if you wear pants or not. Oh, bless God, yes, He does. No, you're hung up in your traditional legalizing family. Yes, you are. Go ahead and turn me off. That's all right. You'll be back next week. The truth has a gravity. It pulls. Amen. Grace denies law for righteousness, and law denies grace for righteousness. So, the, again... What's going on here is, what is the avenue for righteousness? Because you've got to be righteous to get to heaven. You've got to be righteous to be pleasing to God. You've got to be righteous to make it. So what's the avenue of righteousness? Paul says, look, I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to uh, despise it. I'm not going to set it aside like you did, Peter. And that's what we do. We set it aside. Again, it's not what you say you're doing. It's what you're doing with your heart. Our heart is where we believe unto righteousness or we set righteousness aside. It's with the heart. And it can be set aside. Again, if it couldn't, Paul would have never been by the Holy Spirit prompted to rebuke Peter. He would have said, oh, he'll be all right. Just let him go. He'll make it. No, sometimes folk ain't going to get right till that brother, that mama, that preacher, that uncle, that best friend, that co-worker stands up and say, hey, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. God does use people, and it's not just preachers. He uses all his people. <coughs> but if we leave grace and go back under law, he can't use us. Show quiet in here. Under law, he can't use you. He can only use those under grace. Amen. Because the Spirit of God never leads us to law. He'll never use us under law. Galatians 5.18. Those that are led of the Spirit are not under law. The Holy Spirit never leads under law, so He never functions under law. He never ministers from a viewpoint of law. He only and always, through all eternity, through the last 6,000 years at least with men, has only ministered to people from the standing foundation of the Lamb slain. The grace offer of God throughout all humanity. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Well, how do we know that, what that means? Because as soon as he got off that boat, he built an altar and gave a sacrifice to God because his heart's where his heart was. He didn't just get off the boat and say, Thank God it's over. Let's go do our own thing. God brought him through the flood, saved his family, and what's the first thing he did? He didn't say, let's find a place to pitch a house. He didn't say, let's find something to eat. He said, let's find a place to pitch an altar. Glory to God. It's all, that's how we're going to show God that we're trusting in him now for the rest of our lives. He brought us through the rains, the floods. Thank God that's over. But now I've got now to deal with. I still need God. Hallelujah. You need him whether there's a flood or there's not a flood. Mm, and the only way to have Him working in your life is by grace that only comes through the faith and the sacrifice of Christ alone. Not us doing something. All those that teach, you've got to do anything. Even if it's biblical things that we're called to do, if they teach, you've got to do that to be saved or sanctified or delivered or have the provision coming into your life. They're law. They're law. They're bound under law. And that's why God's raising up these, these churches that preach the true gospel, the word and truth, the message of the cross, to bring his people back to a place. And that's what's happening. People tune in and they say, good Lord, if he's right, let me get my Bible. If he's right, then I've been off track 30 years. And the honest and humble heart will say, God, forgive me and thank you, Lord. They, the honest and humble and good heart is the one that receives the word more than oh, what they got to say. And they allow the word to bring forth fruit in their life. 
And they don't say, bless God, I ain't throwing away 40 years. They say, God, I threw 40 away, but don't let me throw away another day. I've got what I need now. I don't want what they're offering. And Peter had to make that decision. He had to make that decision. We're going to read Scripture this morning that proves that Peter got that. He made that decision. He was delivered from what he got sucked back into by the spirit of fear. Fear will hold you captive. It will paralyze you. It will cause you to stay planted in a dead church. And there you'll die. There you'll die. You know, most of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Lord gave the body of Christ to be able to function in and edify the body and be used for His glory, they go right back to the grave. They go to the graveyard and they're buried out there in the dirt because they never get used. God gives all His children gifts for the edification of the body to use for the glory of His name, and most of them never get used because they cannot be used under law. They can only be used under grace. Amen. So, let's look at this verse 21 a little bit more. You can't ever dig enough out of it. I do not frustrate the grace of God. I'm not going to deny the grace of God because if righteousness comes by the law, then that means Christ is dead in vain. Paul is saying here, I'm still trusting that Christ's death was not in vain, that it is the avenue of grace that brings righteousness. The law can't bring righteousness. Grace brings righteousness. And grace, as we see Paul explaining, is tied, grace and righteousness is tied to the death of Jesus. Hebrews 2 and 9, you can't get away from it. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 says that Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. So that is the avenue by which grace is offered unto men. The grace that saves, that brings salvation, has appeared to all men. Titus 2.11, it's appeared to all men. God didn't kill His Son, sacrifice His Son in a cave somewhere. He put Him up on a hill for the whole world to see it, right out in front of everybody. And the gospel message still goes forth 2,000 years later for the world to hear think about that grace and is what brings righteousness to us the grace that jesus tasted death by and that's the only avenue of that grace to flow from there into our life that's why jesus taught if you're going to follow me if you're going to be affected and you're going to profit of me then you're going to have to deny yourself you're going to have to deny them people peter you can't go you got to deny yourself peter you can't go back to that that's been destroyed, Paul said. If I build again that which I've destroyed, and he, by destroyed he meant to throw down, to put away. I've set that aside for something greater. Grace is greater than law. Law kept me bound. Law only pointed me to a Savior. Now I've got the Savior. I don't need law. Amen. Makes you want to shout. So, Second Peter 1 and 1, we'll read a couple of scriptures from Peter as we get near, but uh, got about 20 minutes left today, so praise God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. This is our 23rd session here on April the 20th. I forgot to do that last week and really forgot to do it again this week. Sometimes I think it'd be wonderful if we never forgot anything. But then I think about that and I say, ooh, there's some things I'd like to forget. So I'm not worried about forgetting something. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior... Jesus Christ. When you see the word Savior, you have to go to Calvary. It has to take you to Calvary because He saved you. You didn't save yourself. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, when He had by Himself, not with the help of Curtis doing something, when He had by Himself purged us from our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He did it all. Jesus did it all. I didn't help Him. I can't help Him today. He did it all. He can help me. I can't help him. I don't care what preachers say. 
Bible says in Mark 16, 16, that the Lord was with them, working with them, confirming the gospel with signs and wonders that they preached. Amen. He works with us as long as we're working with the gospel. See, it's the gospel of grace, not law. Not you got to do, but he already did. So notice in this one verse that it's through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, that means the avenue of Calvary, in which we obtained like precious faith, the faith we have. Watch this. This is very awesome. This is very good. Not only is the cross the avenue of, uh, of grace that Jesus tasted death by, but it's the avenue of the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us that we've obtained not only like precious faith among each other, but like precious faith with Jesus Christ. We have like precious faith, not just with our church members in the body. We have like precious faith with Jesus by faith, through grace, by grace, through faith rather, tasted death so that you and I might live by the same faith and grace he gave us at Calvary and made us righteous. Peter got this. He said, we've obtained this like precious faith. Watch this. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We've only and always only thought of like precious faith among believers. But Jesus had this faith first. It's His faith we live by, Galatians 2.20. We just read it last week. It's His faith, that, or it's not faith. I, I don't care what you got going on with your like precious with your preacher. You, your faith better be like precious faith with Jesus, or it's not biblical faith that can bring grace and righteousness. Even if you've already been saved and, and you've received the grace of God, you've been made the righteousness of God. If you like Peter, jump up because Uncle Luther told you, yeah, but you've got to do this too or it won't count. And you go back with them, you moved by fear of Uncle Luther, what he's going to think about you, then you removed yourself from grace. Now you're in a place the Spirit didn't lead you, and if the Spirit didn't lead you there, He won't work there except in one way, and that's to bring, try to bring conviction to get you out of there like He did right here in this story through Paul to Peter. you got to get this. We're not justified by this. We're not justified by law. Listen, I don't, listen, we don't live by the law. It's not the law that gave us grace. It's not the law that gave us righteousness. It's the faith of the Son of God that loved us. We can't deny this. We can't despise this. We can't move away from this. If we do, God can't work in our lives. It was that important. If God could just keep on working in your life and doing His will as you're under law, we, we didn't need chapter 2. The church, you hear me today, the true church is going to come back out of law because of the book of Galatians and Romans. They're going to come out. So not everybody, because not everybody's going to let go of their families and their tradition and my grand my grandma, my great grandma's church. What would they think if I ever left? I, people right here in our community have told me that. Oh, I love your preaching, Brother Curtis. Oh, I love to hear you. But if I didn't have a church, I'd be in that church. If, if my grandma and great grandma, if that wasn't our church, I, I'd, I'd be there with you. You better wake up. God's looking at what you're saying there with your heart, that your family is more important, no matter what they're preaching, to be there within that legacy of a family, natural bloodline. That Listen, that's a lack of discernment of the body of Christ. And the Bible teaches that if you don't discern the body of Christ properly, you'll be weak, sick, and die prematurely. The opportunity will be there hugely. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's there. If you don't discern the Lord's body, that, listen, and if you're not discerning the Lord's body and what happened to Calvary, you're surely not going to discern the Lord's body that He's functioning in and through today. And you're going to value grandma and great-grandma above the Word of God. Do you know that's a, a probably millions of people in our nation value their family natural blood and you should thank god for it but you can't let that come between you and the will of god for your life jesus said if you do you can't be my disciple if you let anybody come between me and you family mother brother whoever if you let them get in between if you let them pull you jesus taught this very story that paulist wrote about if you if you 
value them higher what Peter did. Peter did that. Fear gripped his heart because he placed a value on the, on the law people greater than he should have. And because he did that, God said, oh, can't have that. Paul, get up, tell him. That's what God did. Paul, that won't work. He's going to die. Get up, tell him. And Paul stood up under the unction of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and was able to bring Peter back. We'll see that this morning as we look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 through 18. Got about 15 minutes. Going to get it this morning. Glory to God. Going to be happy, happy, happy today. Knowing that we've been Peter in this story many times. But I tell you what, there's a lot of folks right now who've been living like Peter right here. They're coming back. They're hearing the rebuke, not of Paul, but of the Holy Spirit through Paul. If you believe the Bible is for you today, then you need to understand this rebuke is for you today. If you're bound under mom and daddy, law, any type of way, fashion, or function, God's calling you by His power of His Holy Spirit through what He gave Paul to write to not only the people of that day, but to the people of this day. Do you still believe this is God's word for you? Amen. Second Peter 3.12 says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness and let me add this and where those who have dwelt under grace the avenue for righteousness shall dwell that's not there but that's right verse 14 wherefore beloved seeing that you look for such things He's talking to folks that are looking for those things. Not the folks who are out there under law serving mammon. Know this, under law you're serving mammon. Because your confidence is in some other avenue for righteousness than grace. It's the law of you doing. And remember, you can't serve both. While you're serving one, you're despising the other, Jesus taught. If you're serving, trying to serve God by what you do, you're despising grace whether you know it or not. Don't matter what you say or you think, if you're serving, trying, you can't serve God under law, but if you're trying to do it and you can't, then you're despising grace. And, and because Paul saw it the other way, you can't serve God under law, Paul despised law for righteousness. He didn't despise the law, he despised it for the avenue of righteousness. And because he despised law for the avenue of righteousness, God had opened up to him the revelation of the cross, that true grace, how grace comes for salvation, for righteousness. He despised what they taught, and he would stand against what they taught. Amen. Verse 15. No, let's back up verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, children of God, this is talking to saints, seeing that you look for such things, this new earth where the... It's going to dwell in righteousness. Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. Without spot, only happens through faith in the blood, and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Think about that. Peter read... The letter to the Galatians. Think about that. We're reading right now in Peter. And Peter's saying to whoever he's writing to that, he, that he'd, re, he'd read. Well, it might, not have been, it might not have been the Galatians. Let me back up and make sure that's right. But he is saying here, watch this. Let's read it again so we'll know what's being said here. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things. So the, the specific epistles that Paul had written, I don't know if this was a time when Paul had written and was through writing all his epistles. We, I'm sure we could study that 
research that and find out, or if at this point he had just written a few. But what the point we want to bring out is that the proof that Peter had repented at the rebuke of Peter and the calling of God through, of Paul rather back to grace instead of law, he accepted that rebuke and admitted that the things Paul has written, he's written these epistles under uh, the wisdom that God has given him. Watch what he goes on to say. And all, verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which some are hard, which some are hard things to understand, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. W-R-E-S-T, that means twist, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Here, Peter acknowledges that what Paul wrote is Scripture. It's Scripture. It's epistles. It's to be listened to as Scripture because it's the wisdom God gave Paul. We just read it. Watch this now. You, therefore, beloved, seeing... Everybody say seeing. Seeing you know these things before... Beware lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. You can fall from your steadfastness, which is faith. The only steadfastness we have is faith in the cross. That's the only steadfastness we have. The Bible says in another place, not in my notes, but we only resist the devil steadfastly by faith. You don't resist the devil except by faith in what Jesus did to defeat him. Amen. But watch this. Let's back up and read verse 17 again. You, therefore, you that have been told these things by the wisdom, by the wisdom that Paul has taught us in his epistles, the, the, that, that some are unlearned and unstable and they're twisting and, and it's for their own destruction. Don't let that happen to you, beloved, seeing you know these things before. See, God wants to teach us His Word before the mess comes so we'll be able to steadfastly stand. Because in the mess, it's hard to learn. It's hard to learn in the mess. You can. I'm not, it's not impossible because it's in your mess. It's where you're going to accept the truth to get out of your mess. <laughs> but but the Lord would rather do like, kind of like what Bragg's apple cider vinegar does. It's not it's not going to heal you, but it's a preventative. Certain things we take, vitamins or whatever, they're preventative. They build your immune system. The Word of God will set an immune system against the devil. He can throw fiery darts, but the shield of your steadfast faith in Christ will bring down and put out every fiery dart of the devil. He says, Beware lest you also being led away. See, Peter speaks from experience here. I was led away. I was led away. I fell from my own steadfastness. He says, verse 18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. See, Peter speaks from experience. We have a cross-preaching church because we preach and teach from the Word of God as it is in truth because we have a... We, listen, we despise the entanglement in religion we were bound in. We despise that we were under law and didn't even know it. We despise that deceitful deception. Therefore, we preach. It's like those of you who smoke for 40 years and the Lord delivered you. Now you hate smoking. And you just want to walk up to everybody and say, Man, you need to put that out. <laughs> it's like you drank for 30 years and you just want to come up and tell folks, Man, you don't need to be drinking that. It's killing you. You just want to tell the whole world. And the same thing happens when you found deliverance from law under grace. You just want to tell everybody. You just want to let the whole world know in all the church. Most don't want to hear it, though. When we got a hold of the message of the cross, so let me say it a better way, when the Holy Spirit got a hold of us again through the message of the cross, we the first thought, th thought we had was, my Lord, all those people I've been going to church with bound under law, wait till I tell them this. They're coming out. And they didn't. 
and they're still down there 14, 16 years later despising grace, teaching grace by works. Because if you're not preaching the cross, you're preaching works. We're beyond that. You're despising grace. I'm beyond the cross. I'm spirit filled. Peter was spirit filled, but in a moment's time, he despised grace. Didn't even know he was doing it. Till the Lord used Brother Swaggart. I mean, Brother Paul. Uh, Brother Curtis. Grandma. Somebody to say, you know what? That what you're in, that's not scriptural. Listen, they're not telling you that for nothing. You better understand that. Peter didn't stand up and tell Paul, bless God, you little short thing, you, look, you see how, you don't tell, I walked on water. Man, I preached at Pentecost. He didn't do that because you know what? Paul had a, Peter had a revelation. It ain't about what I've done. It's about what Jesus did. It ain't about what our forefathers have done. It's about what Jesus did. It's all about what Jesus has done. For that alone gets us grace initially for salvation and daily to remain on the only path God will justify. Think about that. We said at the beginning, Peter justified, born again, filled with the Spirit, being used of God, got off the path of the just. Didn't mean he wasn't justified anymore, but he got off the path. The path is the path we run the race on. We have a finish line on. The finish line's not out there found under law. It's over as soon as you go under law as far as you being affected and profited by Christ. Read Galatians 5. Jump ahead, 1 through 4. Galatians 1 and 6. We remove ourselves from Him. Peter did it. We've done it. You may be listening if you, and you've done it. That's what these teaching sessions are about, so the Lord can equip us and, and, and open our eyes even more so that we be on guard and we don't do that. If Peter did that, after being used by God so greatly and mightily, it can happen to us. If you don't know that, get ready. It's coming. When we think we're so high and mighty and our faith is so I'll never be moved again by that. I'll never. I'll, I'll, well, we sound like Peter again. I'll go with you until the death. Oh, and then Peter, I, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> you know, when preachers don't preach the cross, they're saying, I don't know who he is. Because the only way you can know God is under grace. The only way you can know God is under grace. They had grace in the Old Testament, and few knew him. Everybody didn't know God in the Old Testament. There's a yellow jacket in here. There's bad news coming for him. He's about to die. Because he's about to go back under law. I encourage you, each week, join us here. If you don't live anywhere near Texarkana, Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, tune in online. Watch the archives. Find it. It's on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. It's not about me. It's not about this ministry. It's about Jesus Christ reaching for a people that are backslidden away from him and don't even know it. They're confessing opposite from that in their mouth. But their heart no longer is believing under righteousness. Millions have been saved but led by family back under law. Because they value their family's thoughts and their, their family. Listen, got about a minute and a half left. It doesn't matter if they're using the Bible. If they're using the Bible out of context, it'll bring you back under law. If the Word of God is not pointing to Christ and what He accomplished at Calvary for you, the Word of God cannot liberate you and set you on the right path. It cannot be the light for your path. The Word of God will make a religious person out of you. The Word of God will slay you as a two-edged sword unless your faith is in the cross. The Word of God cannot liberate you. Cannot, you cannot use the Word of God outside of its righteous context. One last thing, Proverbs 8 and 8. All my words are in righteousness. That means the whole Bible is only in righteousness. The avenue by which true faith 
is given to us, the like precious faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only in righteous context, and that's the avenue of Christ and what he did at Calvary. I'm glad you're tuning in. I'm glad you're doing more than liking this thing on Facebook. Hit the share button. Your family, your co-workers, your friends, don't be ashamed of the gospel, for this is the gospel. This is not just a ministry. This is not just a, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the gospel is the power of God you're looking for for every need you have. Every single need you have. That's why ministers will say, in the cross, you'll find all you're looking for because the gospel is the message of the cross. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you right here next week.